Welcome to House Comblood, where strangers are family. Every episode contains graphic content, including but not limited to copious amounts of blood, unnecessary cursing, death of all ages, be they infants or immortals, fantasy drug use, nudity, mentions of sex, and sound effects of various qualities. We cannot stress enough that this is mature content with adult themes. You have been warned. I hope you're ready. Welcome to House Common Blood. I'm Gray, your DM and host. We're a D&D 5e podcast currently playing the adventure Hangmen Worms of Frostheart. Our party were former prisoners, once covert operatives for Giuliano's government, as they face sentient calamities led by the Rebirth Bastion, a Genasi army threatening to destroy the world. Recently, our misfit group confronted an emotional vampire in Shayam. A town made of a thinking slime mimic, a sentient calamity. After a fierce battle and defeating the vampire, they face consequences, such as a curse from a hag. Now free from imprisonment, the party journeys on, even delivering cookies to another hag. However, a party member is cursed to kill a living seal, leading them to a dungeon with a Trask burial site. Breaking the curse involved an unusual pact transplanting an elder brain into the Trask skeleton. The necromancer, Phoenix, a fire genasi, was defeated, and the Trask remains within its ward. Venturing south to ruins with a dormant teleportation circle, the party discovers a world map with four sets of two glowing symbols. Their next target is in Lachis, within the Titan Sea. It's rather simple, don't you think? I'm joined here today by our players, Mega. Hello, I am Mega, and I play Eddie, the Otterboy Tratton Blaster class. I also play Eddie, as well as any other similarly named character, TBD. As well as Nita. Yeah, hi, Nita here. I play Leah Allblack, the Human Cleric Sorcerer. As well as Rakuzen. Howdy, everyone. I'm Rikusen. I play Mavet Sohafidash, the sap that holds the party together. And finally, uh, we have our uh, sweet girl, Moon. Hello! My name is Moonmean. I play Seer, the woman that's always on the fire. All right. Let's party. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I thought that's where uh, you're ending. You're a short one. You're good. If I also sound sick while I try to play Seer, then... We're good. Don't worry. All right. Just so I uh, have this uh, on audio, I'm going to quickly inform uh, uh, the audience how we're doing exhaustion. Uh, just so everyone is aware, we're uh, going to be using a uh, homebrew rule with our exhaustion. Instead of uh, exhaustion having six levels, it has ten. Each level of the exhaustion is applied as a negative one penalty to ability checks and attack rolls. And as uh, the stages increase, so does the penalty. So at level four, it'd be negative four, four penalty. At level six, it'd be negative six penalty. Where we get into uh, the traditional uh, exhaustion is at level three, when your speed is halved. Level five, when your hit point maximum is halved. 
Level 7, when you have disadvantage on all d20 rolls, uh, excluding tables. Uh, level 9, when your speed is reduced to 0. And level 10, the one we're all familiar with, death. Now, let's go into a bit more detail of what happened uh, last session. For a bit of a recap, uh, James Hayes has been uh, has an affliction called Dragon's Breath Pneumonia. It's afflicted by rotten fruit born from the Dragon Egg Islands. The treatment is uh, crystallized frost made into balm and frost root made into poultice. The location of these ingredients is far north to Frostheart, the capital of the Sea Elves, a 12-day journey by boat. After sorting out the party's allegiance, uh, James gave them a blank check to uh, essentially grab what they need. Uh, for the party, I'm providing them each one free item and a 50% discount on uh, purchases from the Hayes Estate. The party also learns that the Hayes Estate is going through some rough times as their imports and exports are being sabotaged, possibly by Genasi Apologists. And shell phone communications with the Sea Elves and Frostheart have been severed. The party theorizes that each person they swapped with were involved with the Rebirth Bastion by some degree, with Seer replacing Eric, a constable in charge of investigating the Hayes trade interference, Aluya replacing uh, Lithril, a supposed Genasi apologist pro uh, protesting the Hayes family. Mavet replacing Penelope, an ambassador of the Sea Elves who was visiting over the communication failures. And finally, Eddie replacing his mother, uh, Marianne, who was possibly making deals behind James's back and made a connection with the captain of the Ink Crows that goes by the name of Valentine. I believe that's everything. As far as I know, it actually is as much detail as we could give. We hopefully can cure your father, Eddie. And it looks like all the signs are pointing to we're going that way anyway. It's our official first side quest. Ding, 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 ding. I guess we really want to get technical. There are a bunch of side quests in Cheyenne. It's just that we kind of treated them as main quests. So I kind of want to imagine, uh, unless you have uh, more to say Eddie, or the party has more to say, that James has uh, his own personal business to take care of. And that to be uh, that being said, any business that you have with on the island is your own to take care of. At the moment, it is currently uh, cresting onto uh, 5.30ish. Uh, and I guess I should establish uh, my reasoning for the time here. If you guys remember when uh, you were going to the ruins, it was around 2 a.m. And when you came here, it became 8 a.m. Afterwards, through all the shenanigans and uh, what have you, along with uh, talking to your father, uh, negotiating, and uh, going through a bit of a recap, reconnecting, it approaches 5 o'clock. Talk about the, the large gap between uh, 2 a.m. and uh, 8 a.m. here. In my head, I just left a, a bit of a gap or if you, uh, we ever need to fill in the blanks of uh, what happened at the ruins, if everyone's okay with that. And so now we go into great detail about the uh, the party orgy that occurred. Uh... <laughs> and we fade the black. <laughs> Let me ask you all what you guys would like to do. You are aware that uh, 
Marianne had a, a contact with a, a captain, uh, made a connection, I should say. And it seems like there's a lot of interest going along with uh, a Frostheart. I would probably set the scene after all of the hubbub, all the crazy talks, everything that... Uh, you know what? Fuck it. I, I would actually uh, go this far unless uh, Mega stops me. Uh, uh, Mega, would you say it's too far to have everyone in your bedroom for a moment while uh, everyone's uh, trying to get their bearings? Oh, as far as everyone just like huddling up in his room? I mean, there's space. This is a mansion. <laughs> Unless you want to be in the garden or uh, some other scene. I just think it'd just be a, a very funny and classic uh, uh, thing for you guys within a mansion to be inside his fucking bedroom. So, like, this is my room. Apologies for the smell. I mean, unless you like it that way. I mean, it could be cleaner, but... Well, you know, like, no. I was kind of in a rush the last time I was in here. That's why I'm not, like, criticizing it. Plus, it's not my property. It's it's yours. So you get to do what you desire. So, for the time being, I'm going to take the chance to sit, finally. I've been rather busy making a lot of things. My vet, Aluya. You guys have uh, been through a fairly rough patch with uh, James's uh, condition. How are you guys uh, acclimating to uh, the manor? I think Aluya is just taking in his room. Wow. So this is what the good life is. Mm. All right. Eddie, could I lay on your bed just to just to give it a feel, you know? Oh, yeah, no, it's perfectly fine. Like, it's not like you'd be the first guest to sleep in my bed. Oh, it's all giddy. She gets in the bed, gets the blankets, kind of rolls around a little bit. Oh, it feels so it's like a cloud. I would sit in it, except for the fact I might burn it. You see uh, Echo Knight Eddie sitting on the edge of the bed, the form of an elf. So Eddie actually looks at that and uh, actually kind of like uh, sighs outwardly. <laughs> so, I have a question for you all, since now we have to figure out one more thing. So, I want to point out something, and that is that I won't be able to no longer disguise myself. And that's a terrible thing, since I'll be, I would say, the equivalent of a human torch running about. And I don't think people like that. Unless I was screaming. But then people would try to put water on me, so I don't think that would work too well. Um, for, uh, Seer, I, I would say with your current condition and, uh, gaining exhaustion, uh, when you try to hide yourself, you do have a little bit more leniency to work with. You're not going to die if you do this a handful of times. Yeah, it, it fucking sucks. But you're, I just want to make it clear that if you need to, you can. Well, and the reason why I said it originally before, though, is because Seer has some context. But basically, they remember the deal with Bogdan being like, you can no longer hide yourself. And the thing is, like, now they got... A little taste of it and they're very, they're one of those precautious people where it's like i could either explore it further and possibly die or i don't explore it and possibly die i don't know which <laughs> so very much that's kind of why they're going to talk with the party about it because if they can take the risk they will try to take the risk but they wanted to see what their options could be so we could always throw water on them before they throw it on you and then i will hug them <laughs> I appreciate the sentiments, but 
then you would end up further deeper in the mess. Speaking of which, Aluya, you'd be also in the mess, but you don't have as much of issues as I do with how I look. Yet, at least, but... I mean, like, if you really wanted to, I mean, would it count if, like, you just hid in plain sight? Are we gonna dress her up as a chandelier? I don't want to be hanged. I think a chandelier would be hard to carry around. I mean, like, a walking candle, maybe? But Unless people want me to sit down and become their fireplace, it might be rather hard to make that work. Alright, Miss Lightbulb. Uh, as you are sitting on uh, the bed, uh, the threads of the blanket that cover the bed kind of stand on at, uh, end from the static electricity you're coursing through said bed. Putting two to she's just rolling around having a good time. Oh, so good. I love the idea of like Aluya's powers are actually from just rolling into things too much and it's just the electricity she builds up is just like static electricity. You're not a genasi, you're just a little klutz. But, um, Sarah would basically say to Eddie though, I have another alternative, but I don't know if it even would work since Aaliyah proved that there is a chance of it remembering something since, well, since I killed them. No, I don't, not the, him, them here, but them before. This puts the bag of ash of Aaliyah in the air. I realized that if, if it was slain early enough, memories can be preserved. So one way to bypass that is that I figured out what I looked like before I became this. However, that might be hard, but you're the only one I think of that can make that capable of, Eddie. Hmm. I guess, like, I guess it kind of depends. Do you think, like, is it something that you think is locked away or just like simply missing yes mm -hmm. that's the thing that's makes in the mystery i didn't have a possible person that can invade person's minds to investigate things this is something that i have not have considered so probably you might figure that out if you jumped into my mind but honestly i thought it was all missing but well with aluya's resurrection i could say that Maybe not all pieces. That might also apply to every Genasi, unless, well, their other self is still walking around. So that's that's the advantage I could say that we have here, is that I know mine's not walking around. You're like, sure it's not walking around? <laughs> I am pretty sure because, well, I watched it die as it was being crushed by a glacier. That almost crushed me. So, like... What I'm hearing is it got crushed by a glacier. Indeed. It was too hot for its own good. Aaliyah pipes up. The blanket's still around her. Everything is frizzing. So, question. Would you not be an ice genasi? Technically, you are. would be correct. I was born in the ice, but no. A genasi. Uh, nice. I bet you I know a Genasi that would have that name, but I'm not sure. They probably just, like, make nothing but ice puns. I think there would be- Or maybe, like, or maybe they just, like, have the name Mr. Frozen. We probably would be mortal enemies. But I digress. Thing is, is that, well, like Luya's, it was rather fresh. So I had to run away from mine for it was trying to kill me. And then- 
ran into a glacier, crawled into a spot, it tried to chase me, couldn't really get to me since it was warped, melted the ice around it, I thought it was going to kill me, and then the ice collapsed, creating horrible sounds. So, I... It's one reason why I don't like loud noises. It's not something I'm very happy about. I mean, like, I guess it would be pretty traumatizing to see your own body get crushed by a big chunk of ice. Actually, it was my first hour of being alive, so first time being reborn, that's how I woke up to. Great way, had to learn how to run. Damn, that's sad. I guess, at least as far as your question, like, I guess I could give it a shot. Up to you. The, that's two options you have is I hide in plain sight or that. Um, I'm gonna make this secular to Eddie and Seer because of uh, knowledge with uh, Genasi culture and uh, knowledge. Honestly, like Eddie is getting to the point of uh, getting a PH, uh, PhD on memory uh, science here. Um, I would like to ask you both. Uh, yeah, I'd say a, a history check would be appropriate here. And I'll offer you both the rolls. I'll just watch Aaliyah slowly put more holes into the bed as their lightning just, like, pierces through things. I'll actually make it between history and nature. A dealer's choice. Okay. That would be a minus one, so 19. Minus one. Yes, ma'am. That's a seven from Eddie. All right. So, what's the best way to uh, describe this? So with your uh, recent revelation with uh, experimenting with Aluya and uh, the, essentially the birth of Genasi and uh, its uh, undead counterpart, what you have uh, learned is when you destroy the uh, vessel before it uh, awakens that the Genasi retains their uh, memories. Going a step further with that uh, theory, that uh, train of thought, you have a... Uh, uh, a pit gnawing at you in the middle of your stomach, a cold chill on your uh, flaming body, that you may not have the memories within you anymore. And the flashes of that event, of that uh, glacier slide, that deafening uh, sound, and that corpse, the, the answer... The, the memories might be kept in that vessel. It makes I love that idea. I'll just look to Eddie and be like, there is one problem though. So whatever memories were lost were recycled usually. So if I don't have them, sadly the corpse would. Which means I would have to take you where I was born and also take you where it was left and crushed. Oh, we're gonna have to dig a glacier if we do that. So on, so on the agenda we have uh, James uh, uh, giving treatment to James Hayes. We have uh, dig digging up uh, Sears' corpse. What else do we have for side quests here? <laughs> Find Aluya true love. Ooh, that's a good one. Was it not already found? Rory blinks. Ding 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 ding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, what the hell was that, Mavet? I didn't hear you. Spreading my spore. Yep, there you go. Mavet, I need to ask, as this uh, conversation is going around, how is the tree man acclimating to uh, the room? He's just happy that he was able to keep Papa Eddie alive. Mm, okay. 
Are you interacting with anything in particular within this room? Like anything that's drawing your attention? The bed, Eddie, the Echo Knight? No, my vet's um, just chilling by the door. Just has a little bounce in his step because he's thinking Eddie thought he did good. So he's happy and just keeping that to himself. Mm -hmm. Um, no, actually. Hang on. I'm actually going to need a wisdom save for that shit. Trying to power game me. You're doing good. Your insecurities are brushed away. As you do remember, you do have a madness still. So, I'll throw this in uh, Eddie's ballpark. This is your bedroom. This is your manor. This is your island. How, do you, how does Eddie organize uh, the plans here? Well, since you really think that, like... I mean, I guess before I make that, like, conclusion... Do you think, like, you still have a connection with your body? I mean, like, the other one. I mean, I would say in the sense of fear. I sometimes... No, I don't, I don't want to lie. I often dream of being chased. So it lives pretty hard in my memories about the glacier and its location. And piercing blue eyes are very vivid in your mental landscape, as you recall. I'll say that as well. Perfect. Thank you for reminding me. I mean, I didn't mean like by memory. I meant more like spiritual or magical. You know, like the only thing I could think of is that it just has a connection with me in the spiritual way, but not in a way that was be connected now. If it was, I don't feel the body. I don't sense it. Think of it as like two new things were created. I, Seer, and whoever that was. Not exactly a connection that you could get to, but thing is, there's things I don't even know, so my answers are not always correct. If Is there a way for you to figure out if there is, as far as I know? Well, honestly, if you don't, like, already know, then it would mostly just be experimentation. Because I guess, like, if nothing else, because you probably don't remember where your body is, right? I know the exact location since, well, right after I left, I was actually picked up rather quickly. It isn't funny enough, it's actually not too far from where I used to live. It's actually, I would say, a day's walk away to reach my body since the rolling wave of fire surrounds it. You mean an hour's walk away from where you used to live? Not an hour, a day. If it was an hour, I think people would witness a screaming me running around naked. I'm sorry, I like, I spaced a bit. So a day's walk away from where you used to live. Correct. I mean, unless it moved. Unless it could move thousands of pounds, tons of ice. I really doubt it can. I was huddled at my spot for a few hours, and it went cold like ash. So just just to quickly interject here, I, I personally, I, I need to know the severity of this. How how crushed are we talking? We talking like a, a lord tor uh, like legs, like the full torso, or like we talking the heads caved in with all this weight? Um, think of it as like it had one arm out. It had its head was like screaming, and then basically everything else was crushed except for its head and arm. Okay, that's very good. No, thank you. Uh, no, I'm not saying that like it got up and walked away, but like 
if it was like, say, extracted? Because you've been gone from that spot for a bit. You are right. I don't know if the chances would be high because I had to crawl my way out. But I feel like the opposite problem would be what would happen. I feel like it'd be buried or more enclosed. If it was extracted, I wouldn't know, actually. I wonder who would be interested in extracting it. Piercing blue eyes gives you chill. Your spine keeps shaking every time. Are you okay? <laughs> I also get haunted by the blue eyes very often. In fact, if I were to give an example, when Aluya bumped into my face, it was glaring at me very deeply. Wait, hold on. You mean like a bit coup blue? One more time with that question, sorry. You mean like a bit coup blue? You're gonna see Seer think on that a bit as they just kind of like try to analyze, you know, what you said and then try to like then think on the eyes. Gray, do you think what? Eddie says kind of connects. I, I need to hear the exact wording one more time, Eddie. Sorry. You mean like a bit coup blue? Mm -hmm. I can't give you an answer, sir. That's up for you to uh, decide. Uh, 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 That's up to you as a player to decide whether uh, Seer uh, gives that weight. You know, interesting enough, Eddie, it's, that's a question that I haven't really thought of, but possibly yes. Yeah, I'm just saying like, <laughs> you know, when we were dealing with the Abiku and Cheyenne, like, like it was pretty hard to ignore the the blue eyes every time that we saw it. I wouldn't say it's connected with the Abiku, but in a sense of that same nature. But I could say the same emotional intensity. It, you couldn't be you couldn't be more right, Seer. It it is that hunger that you felt with the Abiku, the th not even the thrill of the hunt, the need. For the hunt it would fit that nature precisely eddie in a sense of its needs i can't usually ever figure it out in some ways it's either it stares at me and i go what does it want or what is it judging me on i don't know but i feel like that's actually the closest description that is pretty smart i mean like i'm mostly bringing it up because well whether it's something of the same or like a similar nature. You said that the body was pretty much crushed by like thousands of pounds of ice, but if like that need is like strong enough, it might have given them the strength to get out. Your body might like be wandering around. Hmm, that doesn't bring me comfort, but... Does bring you comfort, Seer is you know the exact way to check. I mean, it's available to you all. You guys have a pool to scry with. Ah, yes, the pool. Hmm. If we had to check, Eddie, we could check with the pool that we had used a bit ago. So I guess that would be the longest way, but I guess also the surest way, considering, like, we can't really go back there for a little bit. Then, for the time being... Maybe then what we should do is practice the hide-in-plain-sight situation. Well, when I suggested hiding in plain sight, I kind of thought, like, what if your disguise was actually just, like, that of a street performer? <laughs> I don't know how to juggle. I mean, you wouldn't be a juggler. You'd be, like, a flame-eater. That could work. I'm just 
well, let's just say the truth, I'm not as charismatic as some of you, so I probably would have to work on that. I mean, you wouldn't have to be a good performer. You just need to look the part, and if nothing else, everyone would just think you're an amateur. I don't see any other brother options. Worst case scenario, I can always use the magic to hide myself from my potions. Then... Uh, yeah, but like in long term, that's not like going to be super healthy for you. So we should maybe try to get give the like mundane options a shot. Fair. Sounds like then I'm going to have to constantly get myself a haircut as part of the performance. With that said, then might as well make the mundane work. Okay. How do you go about this? I prefer the non-flammable way, so I don't burn things all around. And what is this non-flammable way? The only thing I could think of is that basically, with Seer, I would basically have to dress up in things that would hide the major areas that would be covering. So for one, mm -hmm. great, Eddie, you're making Seer have to wear pants. <laughs> pants. So that's one. I probably had to change Seer's outfit, so Seer would probably have to get out of there always wearing black outfit that they always wear that's flame retardant yeah yeah you you're within a manner you have a, a bunch of uh, money and material at your disposal let's uh fast forward a little bit here moo like say you went into the dressing room and you're coming out on a catwalk of sorts to, uh to the party how would you look very baggy clothes that are a lot more of like i would say striking to the eye like a clown very patterned with white and I would say with white and red pants to match as well. Seer so would have to put away the black boots they would wear and have to wear more like leather style boots. Mm. And then with the fire kind of like presented, they would have their hands out more often. They would actually have their head out with maybe some things covering some little spots like their cheek. And then their hair would probably be more focused as maybe they'll be wearing like a metal hair on um, headband that would make the hair go up like a troll okay so that it could basically look like a torch all right all right yeah i have a visual of what you're uh, talking about here and the hair is still active not as like giantly long as it is now but it's thinking it like it's pointing straight up and it's just kind of like flickering about like a little bonfire on the head i think i have a picture for a perfect way but yeah no basically it's like going for the full like fire performer look okay yeah oh, that that make that makes sense sorry part of me thinks that that uh, what she actually wound up doing was just like a like a borrowing from from eddie's wardrobe since i imagine most of it has to be flame retardant in some fashion anyway <laughs> in fact some of them already smell like ash <laughs> uh, come to your own conclusions about that yeah my vet and aluya as this has uh, been going along you see that uh seer is wearing new clothes uh like a uh, street performer not only are uh, not only do i want to know your reactions but uh what what do you guys think what what sort of uh, uh plans or actions do you guys have in mind i think that uh if she's gonna be a street performer uh Aluya would dress similar to her so it doesn't seem like it's one random street performer together it'd be like hey we're a troop and we're just moving about Okay. So what 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 does your disguise look like, Leah? I'll offer you the same thing. Like, uh, imagine you have materials and, uh, you know, disposable income for this disguise. 
You go into a room, you come out, what do you look like? Uh, just, uh, I'll put my hair up in, like, space buns, and then I'll, uh, if Eddie has any sort of makeup or can retrieve some, I'll just make my cheeks a bit more rosier, uh, and then, you know, like, half paint my, my lips to make them look, you know, small, kind of like a doll, and, um... Yeah, yeah, you're talking about like the half half lipstick kind of thing where it doesn't cover the entire lip, but yeah, it makes it smaller. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. All right. And then uh, clothes-wise, uh, just some brightly colored like ruffled skirt, uh, and then like a, a loose top that kind of uh, it's like a deep V, but like it closes with like you know, I don't want to say string. I mean like lace. There we go. Like lace laces. Okay. All right. Um, for- so like, what talent are you going for? <laughs> okay, so what I will do, what could I do? Hmm. Are there balloons? Like, are balloons a thing in this world? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, we have us. Uh, we have carriages without horses. We have uh, shells that act as phones. I feel like balloons of all things are is where we're gonna go a step too far. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, no, you're you're fine. You're cool. You get some fucking balloons. <laughs> I'll be a really bad balloon maker. <laughs> like balloon animals and shit. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, like, wouldn't all the balloons just keep sticking to you? Yes, that would be the trick. Haha, <laughs> I figured it out. No, but that would be really cool. Thank you for that. I will use it. <laughs> I'm just imagining Aluya just like doing like balloon animals and just like sticking them to <laughs> the people who asked for them. It's like, here you go. <laughs> it doesn't want to go with you. So sorry. Oh, no. I mean, like, I imagine you just like using like a little bit of your static and then like sticking them to the person. Oh, like put them on their hair. They could stand up. <laughs> like there's a monkey in your hair. Ha ha. Uh, move. Sorry, I'm, I'm appropriating your accent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Moo, yeah. uh, when you put on this uh, outfit, you did not feel a wave of exhaustion. Nothing like that occurred. You feel fine. Mavet wants fancy clothes. Might as well make a troop. Alright, everybody, we gotta be the Hayes troop. There you go. Or, and hear me out, the common blood circus... There you go. I like it. Woo! Roll the credits. Seer <laughs> will say, though, it's like, hey, it seems like this might work. I'm not feeling the negative effects. Seems like this might work. However, I'm going to still let you do the talking since hopefully people just ask me to do things with fire. Ooh, I hope they let me eat candles, actually. People might actually pay you to do that. Good, because we need money. <laughs> You know what? I will take some candles with me, and then if they do offer to pay me to eat the candle that's on fire, I will. If you guys want to do, like, a small circus to earn money, you guys can. <laughs> It'll accept. Dude, we're struggling. It's a struggle bus financially. Yeah, guys can. It's, it's always has been and always will be an option. If we just want to do a circus campaign, I can, I can make that happen. <laughs> I guess you could always, like, because, you know, some people would also pay you to, like, 
melt candle wax on them, but I'm not sure how down you'd be for that. <laughs> no. <sighs> At least not in public. That sounds rather strange. Oh, no, you do that at, like, well, one of the specialty clubs. <laughs> I don't know if anyone would do it casually, though. Like, Aluya, would you want me to pour hot wax on you? Wouldn't that make us more money? <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, let me grab a little bit of cash here. I got some gold. Uh, roleplay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like, you'd go to one of the BDSM clubs. You'd make, you'd make a killing there. Well, I mean, I'm not even sure what we've been eating lately, but money is tight. Well, yesterday we ate, like, everything that was in the fridge. Well, sure, because we're here and, and you know, your family makes, uh, what's the word? Uh, cheddar? Is that how the kids say it? <laughs> well, we do have a lot of expensive cheeses. <sighs> yes. I know I had some uh, smoked gouda. That was good. It got, Gobsy's been feeding you the last couple times before you guys sent him off on his journey to become the world's greatest chef. Yes, that's what I was referring to, but I liked Oluya's. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about Gobsy. Gobsy? You forgot about Gobsy? Um, Gobsy wants to be famous chef one day, and now... Gobsy has confidence to, to go and seek it out. Pursue dream. Yeah, but other than that, we, we can say, again, a fair amount of time did pass here. Uh, that an hour or half an hour was spent eating. I mean, you guys are in a state and money is of no issue. It's a luxury. It's probably the best couple days you guys have had so far. I will say, though, I think Seer would be satisfied with the disguise. Not sure about the candle thing yet. I don't know. They're going to ask um, Aaliyah a lot of questions. Be like, is this normal? Why would people want to have this thing or that? But you know. Look, I'm just going to leave a business card on the table. Uh, you don't have to take it, but just know that it's there. Well, seems like we're about to roll. Wait a minute, Mavet. Aren't you getting dressed too? Yeah, I, I, I want to wear fancy clothes. I haven't ever worn clothes, so... I feel left out. You guys can't have all the cool stuff and me not have any. That's not fair. Uh, I don't know. Do you want to, like, wear a suit or something? I Why Why am I getting deja vu like this happened before? Um, <laughs> where's the closet? Hang on. I'm not going crazy. I swear to God, my vet has wanted to wear clothes before. And Mega's response was, do you want to wear a suit? I swear to fucking God. I mean, this group not this specific group but you know the uh uh during the uh what i'm going to call the cobalt era it's like you know like everybody dressed up yeah i remember that like i, I i'm not gonna forget about like cobalt's huge slong going through the tailor and the bbeg going holy shit you're packing heat that'll live rent free in my head for years to come <laughs> <sighs> But well, regardless if it happened before, it's happening now. So, <laughs> Mavet, sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. Mavet wants to pick out. So, Mavet just goes into the closet and can I roll a 1d100? One, I cut or the closer to one, the more unput together I come out versus d the closer to 100, the most prim and proper person ever. Actually, 
before you even make that roll, I'm going to have you make one roll beforehand. And it is going to be an insight roll. Long check. <laughs> going to be an insight roll for fashion. All right, you lucky bastard. If Mavit's going to change. Re- roll me a 2d100. You're taking the be- uh, better result. Oh, boy. So you're rolling that advantage. Well, see what we got. We got a uh, 59 and 61. 61. Um, you actually look better. Uh, the clothes that you picked actually look better than most uh, people that try to uh, dress fancy. Now, how that looks on a tree is uh, all up to you. How, how does this actually look good? So I'm imagining Mavet found a really good-looking suit. It's all very nice, but it wasn't quite his size. So the shoulders are ripped, and the pants only go down slightly below his knees. But it's a very, very nice suit. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll throw the, sorry, uh, I'll throw the ball, uh, ball into Omega's court once more since this is your wardrobe. Uh, what, what does, what's the actual colors like? What does this suit look like? Uh, I'm actually trying to think like uh, what colors would. I was assuming purple. I'm not going to lie, purple came to my mind first, too. Colors purple, rain. Well, I would purple say, like... rain. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, Mecca, with your purple rain. Well, I mean, what I, what I was going to say is that, like, uh, like uh, between, like... Because I imagine, like, some of the things in Eddie's clothes, uh, like a wardrobe, are clothes that Eddie wears and clothes that were put into his closet in hopes that he would wear it, you know, by, you know what I mean? Uh, so, like, so that's why I was, like, leaving it up to Malvet as far as, like, whether he would have, like, uh, picked from the, basically, the suit that his parents hoped that he would just one day decide to wear and the ones that he uh, generally actually wore. I'm kind of imagining with uh, Mavet and Mavet. Please tell me if I'm going too far. That actually leans closer to uh, Eddie's actual uh, uh, casual. Well, not, I should say casual attire. Uh, the clothes that he would actually wear. Am I, am I wrong with that assumption, uh, Mavet? Yeah, his goal would be to kind of draw inspiration from Eddie, but him thinking if Eddie was a super fancy man. So I think that might might lean more towards what his parents would want because he's not a fancy person. Uh, in which case, uh, then you probably would be have been picking more from, uh, I would say, either black, ashen gray or kind of like a um, uh, maybe like a third option of mine, like maybe something closer to like a like a, a navy blue sort of situation. <laughs> Which of, the, which of those three do you think you would have picked up? We're, we're going to go with the ash and gray. So it kind of blends in with my skin. Or my bark. Bark. Well, bark and no bite. I mean, there would probably be a variant where you would, uh, um, since you did roll as high as on inside as you did, you probably like uh, picked one that it's like close, but also contrasting enough to not like completely blend in. Uh. Mavet looking good. Mavet could be a fashion designer. Honestly, that could be your backup gig. Well, mm. if Seer is doing fire and maybe candle tricks and I am going to attempt balloon animals, what is your thing, Mavet? God damn it. Mavet can become many and make many. All right. Like, what if I just 
made you actually know this could work as uh as eddie like goes over like uh like a twist dresser area and like a fishes something out or fishes a few things out until he uh pulls out three pins and uh uh attaches them to like each of the, like each person's clothes while we're all on the island this might make things easier anyway it's uh, as everyone essentially has gotten a a golden uh i want you to imagine like a pin with like a very fancy looking h uh it's like a like pin to their clothes yeah kind of like the map uh lettering yeah i like that yeah as far as everyone on the island is concerned you're employed by the hayes estate but Lavet, what if like since you've decided to oh i didn't know that i didn't have that in my closet <laughs> uh but you kind of look like somebody who could be either a manager or a guard Ooh, i think i met a manager when when i was making that one man happy they brought us coffee and tea do i get to carry coffee and tea um you could carry candles for people to throw if i have to eat them i mean like if people ask you like what do you do you can just say that you make a lot of connections right managers make a lot of connections with people and hire people to work for them Mavet is the manager of the guard. Say that you're the head bodyguard. Mavet scratching his head. Uh, Mavet is a head bodyguard. Plus, it kind of makes sense because uh, most of the bodyguards I ever had as a kid, well, or excuse me, I'm gonna walk that sentence back a second. Yep. It's a, it's like a when after a few certain things happened when I was a pup. If I went out into public with anybody, they usually wore suits. When did you change into otter? I no, like, cause like when a otter is young, they're called pups. Oh. Otters are interesting. But yeah, after maybe the third or fourth time I was kidnapped, uh, <laughs> the mom and pops thought it would be better if I traveled around with other people while I was still young. Not necessarily for my own safety, but for everyone else's. Well, Mavet will make sure nobody pup naps you. I think they'd have a harder time nowadays, but I appreciate that, Mavet. Bruh. You're welcome, bro. Although in which case, you do gotta start practicing your mean face. If you're gonna be a head guard, you gotta, like, look the part, you know? You got the clothes, now you just gotta, like, practice the face. You know what that means, Graham? Go ahead. I need I need a roll to practice. Alright. We'll do uh you're trying to look intimidating or are you trying to be performative? Okay. No, I I'm trying my hardest to look mean. Yes, sir. How'd I do, Eddie? You look adorable. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen a cute tree before. <laughs> but here I am. They will never expect me now. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt here, but we have an entire troop. You guys are dressed up as street performers. What is the actual plan here? Where, where are you guys intending to go? Well, yes, maybe you can finish up your thought. I was just going to say, like, maybe when you try to, like, be intimidating, maybe 
bring out some of that smoke stuff to help you out. Will do. But anyway, as he's just kind of like looking outside the window for a general time frame. Five o'clock or 530 specifically. Sun's still in the air. Well, I'm not sure what you guys are going to be doing, but I am probably going to go to one of the, well, I guess like start bar crawling on the coast. In my case, I feel like it'd be wiser to join you since I can't exactly go back to being Eric. I have to kind of go where it's safer and you know this town better than I. So I probably would join you. Yeah, I dress like this to look like Sir, so we look like a group. So yeah, I'm going to uh, stay together. Uh, You see, here's the thing. Like, I was actually hoping that since, you know, you're situations more or less like covered now uh that maybe you could use your street performing stuff as like a way to get information in some other parts of the city especially like rumors and stuff i mean it also would help because i know that having multiple ears could help find rumors especially if we're trying to find contact or even ways to get to where we need to go yeah the reason why i'm going bar crawling is because it's Right around that time when those on the docks are getting off of work for the day. And it seems that I need to have a conversation with Captain Valentine before Pops does. Then I think us coming will also help serve a little bit to see his recon as well. Because the thing is, I also know that if I see a Genasi, I could spot them pretty quick based off of little trends and theirs. I wouldn't guess I'd be the only one disguised there if there's ones hiding about. Yeah, that's kind of why I thought Street Performer would be a good fit for you, because I imagine there are a lot more Genasi that hide in plain sight than people realize. Then, if they see one, they'll definitely come towards one. In fact, if there's enough, if there's at least enough separation, maybe someone might try to recruit you since they don't necessarily know who you are specifically. Same thing with you, Aluya, if, like, you at least keep it at least a little bit obvious what you kind of sort of are now. Just, like, try to be cool, though. We don't want to scare them off. I, what do you mean? I'm, like, super chill. Aluya, you've been, like, hugging that pillow for, like, the last ten minutes and rocking back and forth. Well... You know, you had years with this bed. I've had, what, an hour or two? It's amazing. At least you could sit in the bed, Aluya. I mean, I could tell you something that would make you want to get out of it, but... What is wrong with the bed? Nothing's wrong with the bed specifically. It's just, uh, you know, it is right around the last place where I saw my ex. Echo Knight Eddie, one of the eyes dim, almost as if it's winking. I don't like what you just did with your face. (laughs) For no reason unrelated, I'm going to get up. Okay. I'm going to need something from the party. Keep in mind, this isn't consecutive. uh, Back to back, I should say. But I am going to require two rolls. Both of them wisdom saves. Okay. First roll today. I'm just waiting. I got to make sure someone didn't just roll away before I do Flash of Genius, but I'm just waiting. Uh, that's 24 for my vet, 14 for a Seer, Aluya, that's uh, 22. 
and Eddie, that's eight. Uh, so let's see, just make sure I got this right. Uh, Mavet, you got a, a 14, a Seer is a four, Aluya is a 12, and Eddie is way in the negatives. Okay, uh, everyone failed. Huh? Guys, we know what this is. <laughs> Hush your mouth, child. But I yes, got a 16, uh, not a 14. N- uh, this is the first set of rolls. Don't worry. I'm going to get to your second roll here. Uh, with your 24, it turned into 14. And let me give you guys the uh, specific time frame when this happened. Again, I just want to stay consistent with this. This happened uh, before you guys teleported around uh, the ruins. I would like a uh, just a quick small flashback of uh, what you guys did. Did you guys stay within the area? Did you guys uh, try to uh, withdraw did uh, Seer do a rope trick? Yeah, Eddie would have basically done like the same process that he did before, where it's just like the minute he knew that it was there, it's mm-hmm. like uh, he would have gone into his room. Yep, uh, you were with the group, and you would been uh, you would been able to communicate that message. Uh, Eddie goes to his room. The other three, you guys are uh, you guys understand that you are being uh, watched within that uh, uh, 30 seconds, that uh, a minute that took just to, you know, realize what's happening and what's going on. What does the rest of the party do? Well, Mavet would have been prone on the ground getting ready for the bar crawl. Okay. Uh, just to reemphasize, uh, treat it like it was uh, 8 a.m. before you guys teleported within the ruins. Treat this as a small flashback. I'm just trying to understand everyone's uh, order of operations here. I would say... If we did before we teleported away. Yep. Honestly, Seer would probably be still being busy trying to fix little things here and there in the armor sets with their all-purpose tools. Or try to work with a gem that they might think would be next to make Rascal 2.37. Okay. So you make no attempts to hide. Why hide? Okay. Uh, Aluya and Mavet? Yeah, I don't think I would make any attempts to hide. I... Uh, I would probably be either trying to help Seer in some way, or if not, take the downtime and sit and contemplate and reflect and uh, try to seek some mental wisdom from Aeolus somehow. Okay. Uh, Mavet. Mavet would have been laying prone waiting for the bar crawl. This is before you even knew there was a bar crawl. Oh, yeah. This was a day ago before we even teleported. Oh, yeah. I left that early in that session. Uh, Mavet would have been talking to the red and blue goblins trying to um, trade some wares. Okay. Yes, sir. Alright. Within that same day, I'm going to give you guys one more set of uh, uh, wisdom saves here. We're going to have a fresh new roll so I don't go insane here. So everyone make me one more uh, wisdom save. I mean, I feel like some of us might as well not bother. No. Uh, just trust me. Uh, I'll explain in a second here. Look, I ruined it by not being nine. I was eight. Oh. Seer, Mavet, Aluya, Edward. Okay, so Seer, you got a 16. Mavet, you got a uh, 18. Aluya, you got 20. And Edward, you got 16. I believe everyone passes. You all feel that familiar grasp around you. Yet it feels different, as it doesn't have a strong connection to any of you, and it dissipates. 
This happens around right now. So two different times. One uh, in the morning and one in the evening. Or late afternoon, coming evening. I mean, I would actually have to ask, like... Yes, sir. Does this feel different in a good way or a bad way? Mm. Hmm. The information that I can give you is it just feels different. It does not feel like the same individual as the most I can give you. Okay, I know what the first one is, and I think I know what the second one is. All right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in other words, that second one's fine. So actually, kind of. Well, honestly, both are fine. <laughs> at least. Yeah, yeah. At, at this moment, you guys are fine. <laughs> uh. So, but yeah, in which case, like uh, Eddie would probably uh, uh, change into like a uh, a fresh set of like uh, casual clothes. All right. Maybe, oh yeah, like take a bath and then <laughs> fresh set of casual clothes. So, well, is like everyone ready to go? Hope you don't mind if I stole all your candles from your candelabras. I mean, candles are pretty cheap. We're just gonna pretend that I'm doing something very impressive eating this, where in reality, I'm just, it's one of the rare times where I can engorge myself. I hope that doesn't like cause indigestion or something. You might be surprised, a lot of fire genasis really do enjoy candles. Oh no, I just mean like, a lot of like, wax buildup, you know? I could tell you all about the, you know, metabolism that I have, but then I had to go into nitty gritty details. All I could say, it just melts away. But, lead the way. Alright then. Alright. And so yeah, Petty bleeds them out the estate. Okay. You uh, get to the gate, and you see a guard reading a book. Uh, hey, bruh. Uh, and turns around. No, oh, little young Master Hayes gives a curt bow. Uh, how are you doing tonight? Leaving already? Oh, it's fine of you to ask. Oh, the missus has been missing me, and oh, my sweet daughter. She's been having a little bit of a heartache over my condition. <coughs> a little bit of a cough. But I'm strong as an ox. I can keep going. It's like, have the doctor said anything? Oh, they're nothing but quacks. <laughs> and he does a little bit of a hobble over to the gate. <sighs> nothing to worry about, young master. Mm-hmm. Well, just letting you know that, like, even though you haven't used it yet, we do have a pretty comprehensive health plan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what's been getting me clerics at my doorstep. Mm-hmm. And he, the gate uh, screeches as it opens. And he gives you a little bit of a nod. You see a, a little bit of uh, a bulge in his bottom lip, like he's chewing something. He looks at all of uh, the party, squints his eyes, and just goes, Excuse my language, uh, young Master Hayes, but uh, what the fuck am I looking at here? <laughs> like, oh, just like uh, like looking over. Uh, they're wanting to do some street performing. Uh-huh, that's so. It's easier if everyone thinks they're performers, if you get what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like stand-up comedy. They tell jokes, right? Tell me something. Tell me something funny. And he looks over towards the tree, man. Uh, something funny. Not very good at this. <laughs> well, you know, he's still branching out. Gives you a smile. Well, it looks like the young master has a talent, too. But, like, I hope you have a good <laughs> night. I got that joke, Eddie. 
<laughs> just the delayed <laughs> response. Yeah. I know. I love that. <laughs> oh, what the fuck are you saying, Micah? <laughs> uh, well, I hope you have a good night and say hi to the girls for me. I can do. And he begins to hobble back over to his book. It's nearly uh, finished. And yes, you guys begin to walk down the estate, going down a winding hill. Now, Mega, just uh, refresh our minds about like uh, the first impression a person would get walking into this town. Give me the smell, the general shape. Give me what they would hear. Like, uh, let me hear the five senses here. So, yeah, it's like I said, like, uh, the more, you know, like, uh, like, I like coming into it, like, especially like, you know, as you get like a uh, closer to the center, um, you know, like it is something like, you know, more of a, like a small cityscape with like, uh, with like a uh, streets and like a bit of like, uh, uh, hustling and bustling. Uh, there is like, uh, as you'll recall, like, uh, um, I, like pretty much from anywhere because of like how tall it is uh like everyone could see like the commerce building uh, uh no matter where that you're at it's like uh but it's uh you know the it's like you know like due to their well being on an island but also like in proximity to the coast like you know like there is like you know uh a you know like a, a salty sweet like a sort of like a scent like uh, in the air um since it is like uh actually re- remind me kind of like the day night cycle like you know like would it be like around like this like 5 30 ish uh area like are we like approaching sunset or yeah yeah we're approaching sunset like i would say like uh within the hour like uh the sun will uh, crest over the horizon and fully set mm. so uh, then then yeah it's like maybe not necessarily like to the like their full intensity yet but like you know like there are sort of like uh uh, street lights starting to either be lit or like the the main ones like being activated you know like depending on uh it's like uh like where they're being uh turned on from slash lit from uh the it's like you know, like some parts are like a quieting down like uh for the evening like you know like the if they haven't already like you know like they're like that the bakeries are like like starting to like uh look like close up shop but then like others like as they're going through the street like you know like main like the, the nightlife is starting to like a uh, pick up in like other like uh districts uh of the spot and then probably as we're like getting closer to the coast it's like uh it's like uh most notably like because like i imagine that's where like the uh where a lot of the pubs have decided to like line themselves like you know like that is getting more active as like like uh, dock workers are like uh, getting off for the evening actually i would think about i'll probably like say like most of the nightlife is probably like around in the same area but it's like but it like extends a little bit further like to war like um in the coastal area just so like you it becomes basically like more like a closer to a line when we're coming to like the pubs that specifically uh, tailor themselves to that sort of clientele. Yeah, I kind of want to imagine like a uh, as you guys are walking down the sidewalk, and we see uh, you. You mentioned that uh, the carriages they don't have horses, and uh, they're oddly silent. Was that right? Uh, yes. Yeah, as we see like uh, horseless carriages going down uh, the street, we uh, do see like a uh, 
An elven uh, woman with her uh, child holding hands, walking down the street, approaching the party. And you see, like, uh, the little girl uh, pointing at uh, the party. Uh, Mainly, like, uh, (laughs) yeah, you know what? Everyone besides Eddie is uh, catching her attention. And you see uh, the the elven woman hushing, like, uh, the child, and uh, basically redirecting her eyes elsewhere. As they come to pass, you do hear the little girl just going, But they're weird! What what are they doing? <laughs> Hush. Look away. Be respectful. And they keep minding their business walking by. But yes, um, unless you guys have any uh, detours, you guys would make your uh, way to... Uh, you said the coast, was that correct? Uh, Yeah, it's like... Because like, as I'm kind of like imagining it in my brain... You know, like, you know, like there is a section of the coast that, you know, again, like dedicated to like, you know, like pubs and like general like nightlight stuff. And then like another set of the coast is like dedicated to like more mostly because like then it makes it easy to get to the nightlife if you want to. It's like as also like where they put like the the ocean resorts and like the other like more touristy vacationy stuff. Yeah, I imagine a lot of docks. Like uh, a lot of docks, a lot of uh, uh, sandy uh, beaches, a lot of openings for like a beach play. Like uh, I do imagine the resort here. And uh, I don't know. Would you say like uh, these line up on uh, these uh, pubs line up on docks right next to the water? Or are you suggesting there's a bit of distance with like sand in between? Um, I would say they... I would say they would probably be right up on the docks just because like uh like mostly because I feel like you know like uh trying to like uh model your business like too close to the actual sands might lead to like uh structural problems uh mm. like uh, like uh, down the line plus it's you know again just a lot uh a lot more convenient <laughs> like a uh, business wise just be right there next to like your primary clientele if your your pub is trying to directly like uh, appeal to like a uh, dock workers and like other like a uh, seagoing professionals or at the very least there would be some that would put themselves there and then like there might be others that uh maybe would put have put that distance um if they're like trying to like basically uh like there's the set that's like you know it's like hey come here if you're thirsty sort of situation like and then like baby do lunch it's like uh but then like there might be ones that are like more distant that are like themed around the idea and like might serve as like a refuge for those that are looking to actually get away from the docks for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of want to imagine like as we're uh, going down these uh, docks, uh, the camera following the party, uh, not only do we have that salty air, we uh, have uh, that strong smell of uh, liquor and, uh, you know what? Just for uh, shits and gigs, because, uh, you know, I also imagine a nearby resort have a little bit of cuisine. Um, I want to imagine like uh, we do smell like a uh, cooked fish and uh, some uh, the equivalent of deep fried food in this world, like just wafting into the air. And as you guys walk around trying to figure out whether I want this to be a perception or an insight check. Yeah, insight check, because I want you guys to sense the mood. So I'll offer the roll to everyone here. I want an insight check from everyone. Wow. It's 10, uh, 19 from my vet, 2 from Seer. Uh, Eddie has having a 6. 
Um, okay, my vet, actually. You're going to be uh, the one to really notice this. Like, uh, through the rev uh, revelry, in the sounds of uh, uh, sailors uh, singing, like, a few sh uh, shanties while a few pints in, you feel an odd stir within the air. And as you look around, your eyes lay upon a, a group of a handful of individuals minding their own business at uh, one of the pubs within the bar at the counter. What they have in common is each one of their hands are dyed crimson. You notice that they're not really getting into the festive mood that everyone else is getting into. And when people come close, they usually are quickly shooed away. Okay, Ma Vet will lean over to Eddie and whisper to him, uh, it seems like those people with the bloody hands need to, we need to keep an eye on them. I will take guard. Since it's being pointed out, uh, Mega, I will offer you a history check at advantage because of your connections purely for Eddie, because no one else would be privy to this information. Mm. Okay, you are uh, familiar uh, with these uh, type of people. Uh, it's been a, uh, uh, from the last year, this uh, organization has been on the rise, especially with uh, some underhanded uh, deals. Uh, and, uh, they've been making, uh, I hesitate to say the word connections with your family, but, uh, your family has been, uh, doing business with them. They're known as, uh, the Crimson Fists, and, uh, they operate within the capital of Juliano. Essentially, like, uh, your father uses them as a means to export goods within the capital. They are, uh, high-value, uh, clientele that keeps your, uh, family afloat. Oh, I... Wouldn't worry too hard about them. It's, uh, I mean, all things considered, like... <laughs> oh my god. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but that that role is actually high enough for you to know, uh... <laughs> because I forgot uh, something important with this party would be related to this figure. You're also aware that they're uh, a boss uh, who goes by the name of Asmodai has a, a spectral kobold as a parrot that lays on their <laughs> shoulder, which kind of gets a couple of gears rolling with uh, recent events of a uh, blue kobold being on the search, or being on the search for a blue kobold. It's, uh, it's like actually like a, like probably like mid-sentence, he kind of like pauses for a moment, like, actually like, I'll need to remind myself to talk with their rep later. <laughs> it's, it's so funny because I, I, it just occurred to me that's what you both settled on like during the end of the first campaign. That you guys are intrinsically linked. <laughs> <sighs> like, it's possible that their boss might know where to. Looking over to Aluya <laughs> specifically, you know, might be able to find... The little cobalt we're searching for. Oh, oh, the dragon. By quest number three that we forgot about. Uh, <laughs> well, it's not that we forgot about it. Yeah. I forgot about it. I didn't. <laughs> I just, need to actually fucking write that down. My other ticking time bomb. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I would. But like, don't worry though. Like, 
we had we had good business relations with them. It's like I don't think it would be too big of a stretch to like possibly schedule a meeting later, or at least some kind of meeting at a later time. Okay. Although maybe don't like engage with them if you don't have to. They can be a little. What's the word I'm looking for? A head bangs across the table or at the bar from uh, when the Crimson Fist taking on an on- uh, uh, onlooker that was getting a little too cozy cozy with them. You see a teeth rat- uh, tooth rattle onto the ground. Hands on. <laughs> That's fucking good. Inspiration. That was fucking good. It got me. Oh, delightful. Okay. <sighs> oh, fuck it all. And I guess gotta give them some kind of a break because, uh, oh, the last. Like, the place that they, like, called their home kind of, sort of, drowned. Tired place went under? The details are a bit sketchy, but have you heard of Juliana? Out of character, have she heard of Juliana? I would assume it's if, if it's a seashore. Oh, uh, hang, hang on. Let, let me uh, specify uh, something here. Uh, Juliana is uh, not only the name of uh, the capital... It is uh, the name of uh, the country that you guys have uh, found yourselves in for a majority of this campaign. You get ev- everyone is familiar with it. It is common knowledge. Uh, All right, I, I honestly wasn't sure what was common knowledge. <laughs> yeah, that's perfectly fine. Uh, towards Drogueport, you're on the right track. You are familiar with uh, a lot of the information. Okay, I'll I'll rephrase that a bit. Yeah, great. It's that's like, that. well, they used to be based in Drogueport, but that place kind of. Figuratively and literally, like, uh, went under. <laughs> so they're, like, homeless doing... Well, no, not homeless. They care? relocated. Ah. Uh, but I think they're still a little bit sore about the fact that they had to, like, rebuild after that whole thing. I, I guess I could understand that. I mean, I would be really upset if my home was not there anymore. I mean, you know, for a, uh, extra-legal organization's... It's kind of a sore spot when they lose, like, a bunch of resources. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, and I will uh, throw uh, you a bit of a bone here, Mega, as a bit of information that you uh, can have at your disposal. Um, I believe you'd also be privy to uh, the Jade Hand Syndicate as a, uh, a form of competition that the Hayes family has been uh, going against. And in the recent year, like, it seems like there's been a collapse. Competition is uh, no longer a thing. You guys have a free reign on a uh, uh, the underground market. Um, more importantly, Mega, you'd be uh, familiar with uh, the leader to a certain extent because of the connection with uh, the Crimson Fist, which is uh, a changeling with a uh, jade ring. I mean, like, there was another, like, pretty big organization operating out of there, but it's like a, it seems that for whatever reason, they went more quiet. Like, they stopped or they're trying to be, like, really sneaky now and, like, they're on the hush with the activities? I mean, like, I think honestly both applies here. To one of them, I mean, like, their leader at least is... Somebody that the world government would be very interested in getting a hold of. Good to know. So I will keep an eye on them for maybe before we leave and stuff. We have a chat with them. But you also have something to do now as well, right? You business bar crawl. It's like, well, if I just 
understand seafaring folk in general. After work, they go to the pubs for a bit, so I'm imagining this Captain Valentine does the same thing. But just to be sure and to make this a little faster, so Eddie is going to attempt to um, sort of like uh, refine uh, that connection again to see if like if, at least it feels like he's like getting closer or if they're like far off. Yes, and and I will give you a little bit of information on that makeup. But uh, before we completely end that topic, there's just one thing I want to tie up, and that's specifically with Aluya. Aluya, uh, with this uh, casual conversation with uh, Mega, or not Mega, Aluya, uh, uh, with this casual conversation with Eddie, a few things do pop into your head. Uh, two very specific things pop into your head that are recent, that are burned into your memory. And that is uh, the symbol of a diamond and the ring of jade. The ring, yes. Yes. Both of those are very, very strong uh, uh, symbols that relate to a drug port and uh, an individual within drug port who you can label as the jade hand. But yeah. Yeah, that's still like my only small lead on yes, this person. But again, it yeah, it is a lead though. It's more than what you had before. Right. Um, but yes, uh towards uh Yumega, like uh much like a sonar, we see that ping. And it's not coming from within any of the pubs, but it is around in the area, possibly within I hesitate to say alley, but uh yeah, that's a uh, best word i can find to describe it when the crevices in between these buildings i mean like they're called alleys it's like uh <laughs> yeah well i yeah i know they're called alleys it's just like uh wh- whenever i say alley like uh, th- the strong imagery i come up with is you know like a uh, stonework and uh asphalt but yes it it yeah within these uh alleys uh, on the docks like uh we would uh see like a ping or uh, the captain hmm I wonder if he's doing business right now <laughs> or getting down to business. Mm-hmm. If you like know what I mean. Before we move on here, I'm going to need a bit of, uh, yeah, I'm going to need some uh, dexterity checks from everybody because like, as you guys are going through these uh, docks, we're seeing an influx of crowds. Like uh, it's getting more and more populated and uh, just people are coming and going, not caring where they're going. But it seems like uh, Eddie, Mavet, and Seer are sticking together so far, along with Aluya. Congratulations, no one gets separated. We uh, see like a, a bunch of sailors walking through, trying to uh, weave their way like uh, through your group. But you guys remain stalwart and uh, stick together, getting lost or wasting any time here. But yes, you can easily pinpoint where the man is, Mega. All right. Like uh, before, like he like moves any further, just like so. Like not to draw too much attention, but how many of us actually want to go directly together? <laughs> um. Well, I thought that you were the one that had the thing to do, and we were like supposed to uh, do our thing and try to gather information or like be spies and look at people and watch them and stuff. So yeah, that was like the idea. And I, I, we can stick to the plan. I'm planning to stick with it regardless. So, what about you, Mavet? Mavet is manager of head guard. I guard you, Eddie. Oh, you can just like 
call yourself the head guard. Head is like a similar word to manager. Okay. Head, manager, same. Got it. <laughs> I go with you. I keep giving the player fuel. Uh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. Which case, like, Seer and Aluya, you, I guess, start practicing? Question mark. And, like, I guess if anything happens, we can, like, get in contact with each other, right? Yep, yep. Right. Although at some point, I need to see if I can get, like, uh, a shell phone for one of you. <laughs> but that's a later maybe thing. I can, maybe I could learn to make one. We'll see. Yes. Yes, you can. You'll definitely need my help for that, but we'll cross that particular bridge when we get there. Yes, Seer. Yes, you will. <laughs> that will be fun. Body time. Uh, yeah, in which case, uh, Eddie would start, like, uh, making his way toward that particular alley slash crevice. Okay. And, uh, how many people are following you exactly? Because, uh, you made it sound like, uh, there's going to be a slight performance in front of this alley, or is everyone just, uh, shadowing you, uh, following your footsteps? Uh, I think it's just Eddie and Mavette going into the alley yeah. crevice. And the other two yeah. are, like, performing mm -hmm. in the street semi-nearby. Yes. Okay. We're performing so we don't die. Yeah. Uh, Eddie and uh, Mavette enter into the alleyway. And I am going to need a performance check from the girls standing well, in front of the well, alley. Because I would see it. Uh, let us get our ducks in a row. Uh, what if we make up a little routine so we don't look stupid? Okay. I already have the thing, and no, it's going to be candles in a row. You have to sing okay. this song. Be before you girls make the roll, I guess I should ask an important question. Is one person doing the act and the other person helping, or are there two separate acts happening at once? I mean, if I'm the one doing candle or fire eating and all this stuff, I need someone to light the fires. Okay. Louia can do it with their lightning. Is that what you're going to do, Louia? I'll are you going to make balloons? Okay. Uh, I, I'll make balloons if I'm requested, but if no one's asking me, I'm not going to attempt to make no goddamn balloon. It's just that they're going to be covered in balloons. Seer, so roll with advantage. All right, before I do that, I do want to finish this. Aluya has to sing this where it's very much the goal. You got to say, I got a lovely bunch of candles. There they are, all standing in a row. Big ones, small ones, some as thick as your head. Well, that, that was like a lot of water. Hold on a second. Let me write this down or something. Give them a flick or a twist with your wrist. Oh, see it. You're giving me too much credit. Simplify this for me. Um, okay. Let's see. Just really just say the first part. That I got a lovely bunch of, you know, candles. They're all in a row. All in a row. Big ones, small ones, some as thick as your head. Big ones, small ones... Some as thick as your head. Are you actually writing this down? You better believe it. <laughs> okay. Now, I was going to say, it's like, now, since you can't really remember too much, I was going to say, watch me swallow them whole. But. Hell yeah. Giggity. See if that will entertain people. Watch me yeah. swallow them whole. <laughs> I'm just imagining now creepers off in, the, off, in the, uh, off in the audience just like, okay, now more slowly. Slower. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, I've, I've I've got it. Okay, let me see. Uh, okay, hang on. L let's not get carried away here. First, 
roll with advantage, Seer. Then I want you to describe the performance in detail. Then I want Aluya to sing. Yeah. Beautiful. It's a 17. Just to make it so that Aluya's singing will be a lot more fun, it will be with a flash of genius. So that's a 21. Okay, 21. All right. Let me uh, uh, paint the picture for the performance. Then I want to hear how Aluya is assisting you. Then I want to hear the song. All right. Basically, Seer will spin around in a circle letting the hair f- really flur up in the fire. And then you just see Seer holding a bunch of candles in their hands. Big ones, small ones, thick ones, thin ones. And with very much joy, we'll put them by their head to make them softer, and then they will begin to eat them, swallow them whole, whatever is necessary to bring people's eyes over. Maybe it makes some coins here and there. But as, you know, Seer is basically devouring the candles Aluya would be handing these candles side to side and very much Sears just making a big show of it where it's like nobody why would someone eat a whole candle you know and then Sears maybe would pretend to have a candle on their tongue with a little flame on it yep 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 I'm gonna be uh going the Vanna White route here I'm going to be presenting the candle showing it to everybody uh taking a stroll around Seer and handing it off to her uh, kind of flourishing what she's doing, give a little curtsy, and try and gauge the crowd's reaction, if there is any. Yeah, so you guys are drawing like a, a crowd of uh, sailors, all of them drunk. You see the, their faces rosy red and like a, a little bit of a sway. And you see one person in particular just going, Oh my god, they look like fucking Genasi. So good makeup. I know. I know. And you begin to like get like a little bit of applause, and uh, people are starting to throw in copper pieces and silver. Now, Aluya, let me hear the song. Jeez, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry to everyone's ears. Here we go. Yep, do it. <sighs> well, we're gonna do this a little differently. Uh, so, so she's gonna kind of. Uh, hike up her 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 skirt because it's like long and it's ruffled and she's gonna get, move about side to side and she's gonna be like i've got a lo- lovely bunch of candles all in a row do 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 and she moves big ones small ones some as thick as your head watch me swallow them whole and then she'll pop out a candle for Sarah to eat and then sarah proceeds to eat it this is basically like everybody else is like that's impressive. Where Sierra's very much like I'm just having fun playing with like Doritos or something like that. Thirty copper, ten silver, and like as you are all getting into it, you uh, hear a hoots and hollers and uh, a few uh, uh, wolf whistles from the crowd. Sierra enjoys Aluia dancing around. Yeah, and I, I feel like this is a bit of a, a surreal feeling. As you are within this uh, crowd, uh, performing in front of uh, everyone, just being who you are. I still won't forget that how dangerous it is for me still. Yeah, I want to hear like in both your heads, like you, although you're treating this crowd like one wrong step, one wrong move in this uh, happy crowd turns into a deadly mob. Like what? What's the undercurrent on each one of your uh, characters? Like what? What are your feelings? What? What are your thoughts? Just being within public and doing this performance in front of everyone. 
for Seer, they're used to working with crowds, but not like in this kind of setting. However, entertaining and doing this, it's something that I could say that they would really wish they can encounter. So it's kind of a nice warm feeling they would have, but it's always filled with a sense of fear that they always knew. It's like, hey, I'm going to die if I get caught with just being around. However, it's slightly different. It feels less scary because Aluya is there. Aluya mm -hmm. seems to bring a bit more confidence to Seer. Mm. And Aluya. Uh, so Aluya doesn't, no, she should, but she doesn't. Doesn't feel this looming threat about being a Genasi. Um, it, I mean, sure, Seer has told her and, you know, she's seen it happen to Seer. Uh, she just feel feels so much like herself and it doesn't matter the body she's in she's just aluya so she's genuinely trying to just do what she can and make this work also seeing the money makes it feel really good um and also seeing seer kind of like in this different playful tone she's like she's really enjoying it <laughs> yeah it uh, that's why i enjoy it it's the it's the contrast between the experience and the ignorance. All right. So like with a uh, lingering like wolf whistle as uh, one of uh, the, yeah, when the, you know what? Uh, one of the sailors is a female doing the whistle and she's just uh, scream, uh, screaming, do it again, do it again. And we hear it echoing through the alleyway as we follow our tree man and otter boy. You guys are walking down this alleyway and it's not too it's not too long and it's not too complex but there are like a a couple lines of uh, buildings like one on the docks and one behind it as well creating this like uh, yeah small pathway of alleyways as you both make your way down you hear the sound of uh, meat on meat you just hear like uh, hard smacks as you guys walk down this alleyway. And I need to ask, what are you both doing? Are you stealthing? Are you investigating? Or are you brazen? Just walking straight forward. Um, I think Eddie would just... Because I think he already has like in his own mind what this is. So I don't think he would actually like uh, mind just like, you know, continuing like uh, brazenly forward. <laughs> He's already mentally prepared himself. Okay. And Mavet, you hear the sound of meat on meat and slaps. I'd go on to high alert. Okay. Are you in front of Eddie? Behind him? I would. I'd be like an overprotective bodyguard, so I'd assume I'd just be making circles around him. I can't even imagine that in my head. You can't okay. just like an overzealous bodyguard, just like doing taekwondo moves all around him. Well, well, imagining more of a... It, it, it's more weird and off-putting imagining you doing circles around him as you guys are walking. <laughs> I'm making sure every inch is covered. So, yeah, like, uh, Eddie, like, uh, occasionally you have to slow down your pace as uh, Mavet, like, goes in front of you every so often. But, yes, if you guys are make, If you guys aren't doing anything special here and just walking forward around uh, the corner i will narrate what happens next i'll give you guys a, a bit of a pause i think mavet would be checking uh corners or any like alleyway doors that we pass 
make sure nothing's coming out of them. Uh, just be mindful, Mavet. I think you're about to see something weird, so... Yeah. Prepare for that. <laughs> there are... Yeah, there is, like, a, a couple doors within this alleyway. And do you see, like, uh, a cook coming out with an apron, dumping, like, uh, what looks to be... Um, just like, uh, yeah, organs. Like, uh, you, you see, like, gutted organs of fish being, like, uh, thrown away in a bucket to uh, the trash can outside. And, like, as he, uh, as his blood-covered hands is uh, ma- uh, making his way to uh, the door knob one time, he squints as he looks at both of you. Then quickly makes his way in, pretending like he didn't see anything. I scared him off good, Eddie. Yeah, fucking tree. who would have fucking guessed alright since it sounds like uh, Mavet wants to do an investigation by the sounds of it because you're just trying to look over the corner and see what's happening I would think that would either be stealth or just a perception I feel like those are two different things (laughs) well stealth if I'm trying if I'm doing it you know stealthily because you know I'm an undercover secret agent type <laughs> protecting you. Let, let me tell you my logic here. Like perception would be an alternative, but the idea uh, for me at least is uh, at this moment, stealth doesn't seem quite necessary. I, I would say if you guys were lingering and watching an event, then yes, stealth would be necessary, but it's not, you, you guys are in the alleyway peeking over a corner. Like I don't believe I need to stealth with this, but yeah. I'd say overall perception because I'm looking for all danger versus investigation where I think specific thing I'm looking for. Mm, no, I would still hedge towards investigation because uh, you're looking at an anomaly, a uh, a strange event that's uh, ha- happening beyond your uh, uh, line of sight here. It's your choice whether you want to roll it or not. Uh, I'll roll it. I'm never not going to roll something. <laughs> well, if I make you roll a death save. All right. 13. You suddenly keel over. <laughs> yep. 13. So let me, uh, first of all, uh, tell you what you hear. Before you even uh, reach the corner of the alley, you hear the sound of a, a cri- uh, crate being broken open as a body like falls into it. And as you lean over the corner, you see four or five uh, seafaring men surrounding an individual on the ground and as he is as the prone figure is going against the wall this is the face that you see as captain valentine what's important to note is uh, what's not shown on the picture is the man has a scar across his neck he wears a uh, ponytail has brown hair and uh, white skin clean shaven face with a purple jacket. And as he is uh, leaning against the wall, you hear, is that all you got? And the man's uh, face begins to recoil at uh, the sudden shout coming from around him. And you see the uh, sailors above him looking down, looming over him. They begin to just crack their, uh, their knuckles, their fingers, necks, I think uh, one of them uh, leans in, grabs him by the jacket, and raises the man up. And he says, Say it again. Say it again. Right to my fucking face. And you just see 
the captain holding up both hands, shaking his head wildly. Then following that, you hear him say, yeah, I'll say it again. Your mother was a cow and your wife is a whore. You see him biting his lip and you see a punch go across his face. Uh, do you keep watching these events unfold, Mavet? Um, Eddie, there's a guy getting beat up over here. Uh, do we help? I don't, or let it happen. I guess like, uh, you know, just like looking over, it's just like, oh, there he is. And just like uh, starts walking over. <laughs> okay. You uh, begin to uh, walk over. And if you don't have a hastened pace, like I would say like one, maybe uh, two more hits goes across uh, the face, just clenched fist, uh, just right across the jaw, one across the eye. He's beginning to have a red mark and a little bit of uh, purple bruising. And uh, as you uh, walk up, you see uh, the men uh, begin to uh, cock their head towards you. Uh, before you say anything, my good old friend. See, Okay, yeah. Uh, their eyes linger on your pen and your general outlook. And you see as you uh, approach, like, uh, a couple of the men, like, uh, a scurry away, not wanting any trouble with you. But two men still stand uh, right next to uh, Captain Valentine, one holding him up against the wall, and the other one uh, slightly behind uh, the other sailor. You can still see him, it's just he looks like he's hiding himself a little bit. Uh, what do you do? Good evening, bros. Um... I feel like uh, the one holding up uh, Valentine would say, Good evening, Mr. Hayes. Gives you not. What brings you down here? So, well, it's like kind of like a, like a pulling out his uh, his pen and kind of like a, taking a drag on it for a bit before responding. Hmm. I was actually hoping to have a conversation with the good captain here. Bites his lip a little bit. And you actually see him thinking. Like you, you see him like going. It, it seems like he's going over a couple things in his head. And you see him just say, and he also does have rosy uh, cheeks. He looks like he's a few pints in, but he can handle it. And he says to you, Eddie, can we just have a couple more minutes? And you see like the captain with the uh, begging, pleading eyes, really shaking his head. And again, you hear a voice coming from the captain. Well, you think you're tough? I'm not done with you yet. Well, you got to run away. <laughs> <laughs> just like Eddie's like <laughs> eyes. Looking over at the captain, takes another puff real quick before responding. <laughs> you know you're literally asking for it, right? Uh, and again, he's really shaking his uh, head. And he, uh, again, you hear from uh, the captain. Ah, they're just bitches. I can handle them. All of them. And uh, if you want, I can also offer you an investigation check, Eddie. And uh, just for uh, your clarity, there's uh, multiple, there's a couple different DCs. Uh, is there anything you'd like to do with this check? <laughs> uh, you know, I think I'll just go ahead and like uh, use the uh, the inspiration because why not? Yes, sir. Okay, let's go over a couple things here, Eddie. First thing, uh, his lips have never moved since uh, you have uh, seen him. I'll say, quote unquote, talking. And as you have seen, his uh, behavior has been uh, quite uh, meek compared to his uh, bold claims and insults. Your eyes drift down, and as you uh, see him like uh, throwing more shit at the sailor, saying that he can take him on, I think uh, you might actually hear from him. 
And what are you going to do about it, Otter? You going to stop me from having fun? Ah, you're just a little bitch. And looking down, you see that his sword hilt is rattling each time he speaks. To really strike it home, you have a feeling that the words being spoken is not his own. <laughs> that guy clicks his tongue and the uh, hey Eddie, can you get that for me? As like a smoky trail starts like you know like a like like a pouring out from him and like uh takes the hilt and like removes it from the the captain's belt. <laughs> yeah, you see a cutlass uh with a you see the cutlass come out, and as uh, you begin to grab it, you just hear, Hey, hey, hey! Hands off the goods! Hands off the goods! As it begins to rattle, and the voice trails along with the sword. Yep. As he just kind of, like, uh, carries it away from the captain. <laughs> Bruh, I don't think the captain's your problem. And, uh, give me one second. What do you, what do you mean? Uh, with the six, uh, he's not piecing together the same things you have. It's Valentine. He's a ventriloquist. He's just throwing his voice around. Uh, no, bruh, it seems that either he found... I think he's probably picked up a cursed blade that specifically likes to throw around insults to get the owner in trouble. I mean, you could keep beating him up, but, like, I think your problem's actually with that blade over there as he just kind of like tilts his head over at it <laughs> um there's a moment a pause and he you did say you could keep beating him up so he goes in for a couple more punches <laughs> bap bap cast sanctuary <laughs> <laughs> yeah the sailor sees you casting the spell sanctuary goes over him and he clicks his tongue and seeing that, like, uh, he doesn't have much more wiggle room, he just lets go of uh, uh, Captain Valentine. And uh, the sailor uh, comes up to you, uh, Eddie, and just says, I'm sorry you had to see that, Mr. Hayes. And gives you a curt bow. And his eyes linger on the other sailor, gives him a nod, and they begin to walk away, giving one final leer at the captain, who is uh, spitting up a bit of blood. It's a... Uh... Actually, you'll probably like a flip, like a, like a gold coins in their directions. Drinks on me. They give you a crooked smile. You see, or not crooked smile. They give you a bright smile, and you see like some mi uh, missing teeth. Just uh, says uh, thank you, appreciate it, and they make their way back into the pub. And you are with a uh, sword and a captain leaning against the wall, like uh, in a coughing fit. And uh, the sword keeps rattling, just going, Hey, what are you doing? Let go of me! I think that you've had enough fun for the evening. Ah, uh, he's still breathing. He's fine. He's fine. Look at him. Top bill of health. <laughs> and you see him just spitting blood on the floor. Eddie takes another drag from his vape pen, and as, like, the smoke, like, uh, starts lingering over, uh, he at least gives the man a, uh, a healing word. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, the healing uh, word goes around and uh, make the roll for me, please. Seven for the, the captain. <laughs> and uh, as you're uh, casting the word, what's the healing word? Well, no, like the the somatic that I've decided to go with is that you literally like essentially like blowing smoke. And it's like I uh, and like made perhaps maybe a, a bit uh, 
I think it like probably the smoke probably like actually does specifically travel down to their face. <laughs> so it's kind of like blowing smoke in his face, but like from a distance. Yeah. And as you do that, he uh, just uh, his eyes linger on you for a couple minutes too long. Then towards the tree man, then cocks his head to the shoulder inquisitively looking at the tree man. Good evening, Captain. Uh, uh, he didn't say anything. I'm worried about guarding Eddie. Yeah, he do- Yeah, he doesn't say anything. Yep, and as you say, uh, good evening. He uh, looks towards uh, you, uh, Mega, uh, and struggles to his feet and uh, gives a uh, more elegant bow, you know, uh, fist over chest uh, kind of bow that you'd see in, uh, yeah, Attack on Titan. Kind of like that pose, except with bow. Um, but as he uh, does so, he doesn't say a single word. And uh, you do uh, hear uh, the sword just going, oh, why do you have to go and do that? He's not going to get any hair on his chest now. Squints his eyes at the sword. <laughs> he clicks his tongue. It's like, and like looking to the captain. Captain, can you speak? Points to uh, the scar on his neck. Gives a shrug. And <laughs> I think uh, the sword would pipe in and just goes. He hasn't been able to speak for years. Yeah. He went to the bar once and said the wrong thing to the wrong guy. <laughs> and you just hear the clatter of the uh, a guard against uh the handle so so you want to maybe get a private room captain gives you a slow nod then looks uh towards uh the blade uh eyes just uh staring at it then back at you and gingerly holds a hand out palm up so you realize you're gonna need to get a better solution than that right ah we're partners in crime he can't go anywhere without me (laughs) so hand it back eddie and the the blade slowly starts to like go wander back to the captain's hand. Yep, he gracefully uh, grabs uh, the hilt, and he, with unnecessary force, shoves uh, the cutlass uh, into a makeshift uh, a scabbard. And you just hear "oh" as it goes in. It seems like it was primarily made to make it painful. <laughs> like there's no need for a fucking scabbard. But he specifically bought one for this. <laughs> I bet it's maybe rusty on the inside like it hasn't been kept for a while <laughs> exactly but uh, give, gives you a uh, nod and uh, open hand uh, gesture to lead on yeah I think I know a place unless it's no nah, I probably didn't close down <laughs> hmm. uh, I guess like uh, Eddie would then send a message to Aluya just like hey the captain and I are getting a private room how are things going with you you could hear Mega, you could hear the hooting and hollering. Take all the time you need, don't worry. If you need us, just give a holler. But right now, just do you. Okay, gotta go, I'm busy, so bye. (laughs) Well, at least she's having fun. (laughs) Alright, so I want you to uh, describe the scene for me, Mega. What what does this location look like where this talk is going to happen? Uh, I actually imagine that uh, that Eddie leads uh, Mavette and the captain to a figurative and literal hole in the wall. Uh, it's, uh, it's like a, something like, um, you know, like a more like, I guess maybe if I really wanted to like put a descriptor to it, like a hole in the wall, like a hookah bar. <laughs> okay. You know, so like, you know, like when I say when I say hole in the wall, I mean, like you understand, I mean, more like uh uh, a bit more like uh, out of the way, like maybe like something more frequented by hipsters. Yeah, 
Yeah, but I'm imagining it uh, slightly into like uh, the stone uh, stonework of a uh, building or like a, a, some kind of uh, overhang, but it is a little open. Okay, yeah, I like that. And uh, the captain uh, sits down and uh, he looks towards uh, each and uh, every, yeah, uh, both of you. And I guess like, how do you start the conversation, Eddie? So, uh, I think it might be easier for say everyone to get involved if as like uh eddie starts like uh fiddling around with the uh the hookah machine and like uh it's like a, and makes his own insertion <laughs> i think you already know how this works looks down at it and you see a, a glint of recognition like he has handled uh this product some way shape or form before and then to looks to Mavet. It's like uh, this time you'll want to to breathe if you want to stay in the chat, as it were. <sighs> God damn it, dude. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know what, Mavet? Have your moment. What, what do you What do you do? Give me a little bit of RP here. Mavet's, you know, just over over exaggerating his breathing because he never has to do it. So. He's taking deep breaths. Now we can talk at So like SpongeBob and Patrick. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Sorry. Hold on. It's just like he takes like, you know, like one of the ends, like, you know, like sticks it in his mouth. Okay. Breathe through that. (laughs) So Mavet inhales the pipe. And when he goes to exhale, he's push, he's blowing air as hard as he can. So I never saw hookah, so I don't know if that would hurt it or anything. <laughs> Just like looks over at the captain while this is happening. He's kind of new at this. It's a very slow and reluctant nod. <laughs> so in which case offers the same to the captain and starts uh, smoking himself. Yep. He uh, begins to uh, smoke, takes a deep inhale. And exhale. And uh, and as he exhales, we hear the captain's voice. Oh, thank God. thought I would <laughs> never talk to another soul again. <laughs> that's where we'll end uh, today's session. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. This has been House Common Blood. The intro and outro music is Oh My Dog by Savick, and any other music and sound effects used in the episode are royalty-free. Credits can be found in the episode description. Please review us on whatever podcast listening app you happen to be using. And if you like us, tell other people. Word of mouth is the best way for us to grow. Thank you for joining us. Hope to see you soon. (laughs) 